I'm Carol Noack with the Noack Hidden Ranch in Giddings, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll once again with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up? We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, Texas sheep and goat producers may be getting a Christmas gift this year in the form of a stronger market. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. We've talked a lot about the stronger markets coming for those with calves to sell. But what's the outlook for those in the seed stock business? I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll hear from a Texas High Plains seed stock producer. Greenhouse production continues to increase in Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have a report on the reasons for more and more greenhouses on Texas Ag Today. The wheat planting may not be completely finished, but great progress has been made. Now the difficult part starts. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I'll explain in my report from North Central Texas. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The first half of this year was a good one for the sheep and goat market here in Texas. But Benny Cox with Producers Livestock in San Angelo says prices started to fall after the July 4th holiday. The market was good up until July 4th. They had the Muslim holiday of sacrifice on July the 9th. And we came back that week after and they worked the market over pretty big. You know, we lost somewhere in the neighborhood of 50, 60 bucks, 100 on uh, both these lambs and these goats. And it, you know, it's just now started to recover in a significant direction. But he expects to see a stronger market to finish out this year. We, for the last seven, eight years, you know, seven, eight plus years, we've seen a big raise in the sheep and goat market between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I suspect that it's going to continue to, you know, I think it'll hold true this year as well. There's a lot of demand around the Christmas season uh, for a lot of these different types of sheep. The slaughter use have got just crazy high at times around then. So I think with reduced numbers, we're going to continue to see a, a, a higher market in, in uh and I would guess that between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we'll, we'll get a pretty good bump. And Cox expects the market to stay strong at least through April of next year. 2022 was a year of one problem after another for Texas farmers and ranchers. Of course, the drought was the big story of the year, but there were lots of other issues with increasing input costs and big challenges just getting the input supplies that were needed to grow a crop. Yeah, we had some logistic challenges too, but we tried to be as transparent as we could on when products would arrive. 
It's packaging and it's just even transportation has been a challenge at some times too. But, you know, we've really circled the wagons to try and circumvent any of those issues that we've, that we've experienced in the past. But uh, you're right. It was just an, a really odd year. That's Mark Kelling. He's the cottonseed area manager for BASF here in Texas. He says his company is working to make sure farmers have what they need to grow next year's crop. And so we've got systems in place that we've uh, made some changes for the 2023 season to give a little bit more transparency. Um, we're hoping for a lot better supply situation this year, uh, but we still have, um, you know, logistics things that we're dealing with on transportation and, and just production uh, from some of our uh, inerts even um, and, and our active ingredients in our products. But I think we're going to be in a much better position as we go into 2023. Kelling says right now his customers are just hoping for more rainfall to build subsoil moisture for the next year's crop. The cattle market outlook is very good for cow-calf producers, but what about those in the seed stock business? James Hunt talks with a Texas High Plains seed stock producer. Analysts expect very strong calf prices in the near future as supplies have tightened across the country. But herd rebuilding won't be long in coming, so we can also look for healthier markets for seed stock producers like Steve Olson of Hereford. This past year and a half, two years, has really caused a reduction in cattle numbers, and as we look forward to knowing that it will rain again and there'll be times when we need to restock pastures and people will have probably prices for calves as they're projecting that would certainly give some demand for more cows and bulls to service those cows in the commercial cow-calf operations around. So I'm just real positive. Every place we've been, uh, went to the Texas Cattle Feeders convention and American Angus Association convention this fall. Everybody is certainly positive about the cattle business. Steve Olson is the owner and operator of Olson Land and Cattle, which specializes in Angus. Now, as for how much higher seed stock prices might go, Olson says, It's hard to say exactly how much, but uh, one of our conferences, uh, Old Timer, talked about the price of bulls, and he said, you know, the bulls ought to bring price of uh, five weaning steers or three finished feedlot steers. That's just a good price. Well, that gets us up pretty quick in the neighborhood of 5500 or 6000 for a bull. So certainly a, a good price, and we'll see some a lot higher than that. However, we must also remember production costs are running pretty high, especially for feed. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Technology is improving Texas greenhouse production. Tom Nicoletti has the story. For today's program, we're going to talk about the increasing popularity and value of greenhouse production across the state of Texas. And with knowledge of that subject, we go to John Begno. He's horticulturist out of San Angelo. And John, certainly uh, more and more greenhouses are popping up across the state. Why is uh, the popularity of this type of production increasing? Well, greenhouse production has been around for centuries, and one of the greatest limiting factors was the capital expense. Getting started in the greenhouse business is not cheap. Well, a lot of things have changed. The technology for the production of glass, which we don't use anymore, but more or less the different polycarbonates and the polyethylenes and all of the plastic have come down quite a bit. 
And then the technology that involves irrigation, climate control, which is everything from humidity to temperature to wind speed, all of those things have greatly improved that make greenhouse production not just for high value crops like it was once for just tomatoes only, but includes a lot of other crops now. Yes, and certainly people uh, are utilizing uh, greenhouses in uh, their own backyard gardens. We use a lot of home greenhouses now. A lot of that is used for just overwintering plants that we enjoy during the summertime. But we're also seeing a a little bit better on climate control greenhouses for vegetable production. And if you can control that economically, the temperature as far as cooling and heating, and then the fact that the water you apply with the technology we have now, we can use every drop. We recycle that, we reuse that water, and it's become very economical, not to mention just one of those ecologically sound systems. That is horticulturist John Begno from San Angelo. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Wheat planting is nearly complete in the Texas Rolling Plains, but Barry Mahler says the difficult part of growing a wheat crop is just getting underway. With the summer and fall we experienced here in Texas, I never expected the wheat planting to move along as well here on the rolling plains as it has. There's always a sort of an unwritten goal to have the crop in the ground by Thanksgiving. We managed to get close this year. The hot, dry weather prevented many farmers from having their ground ready for planting, whether they're full-tail or no-tail operators. But as I said in my report a few weeks ago, these modern air seeders help get over the ground quickly when the weather permits, and that's been the case this season. Even the small amount of wheat that was planted early has survived and grown off quite well with the fall rains reviving it. Now it's decision time. The wheat market is staying in the $8 per bushel range right now, even though the raw supply and demand numbers wouldn't seem to support that price level. I say it's decision time as farmers will have to make some input decisions soon, the main one being how much fertilizer to put out. When fertilizer was $200 or $300 per ton, the decision was easy. You applied it prior to planting to raise a good crop. But now with fertilizer at $800 to $1,000 per ton, a lot of folks won't make that input call until the seed is in the ground and up and growing. The window is fairly small for application as the nutrients need to be applied and reined in and ready for the wheat to break dormancy in early March. Now back to the market. $8 is a good market, but without quoting all the numbers in the supply and demand report, let's just say world wheat stocks are up. So how long will $8 range hold its support to help with these input costs? Well, it's disruption in transportation of the product that's supporting wheat right now, first COVID, and now the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Now, if the Ukraine situation is rectified, the market could fall quickly as the shipments begin to pick up again. There are some $8 to $8.50 contracts out there, depending on location. So that helps a farmer. They can always hedge the product on the board of trade. So there's a couple of things they can do. The problem with that is when you do those things, several things can happen, and more than half of them are bad. So with the crop in the ground, the hard part, rather than being over, may just be beginning for lots of producers. And here, many of you thought all the farmer had to do was get the crop planted and set in the coffee shop until harvest. Hey, stay tuned, folks. We'll keep you posted as to how this all works out. Reporting from the Rolling Plains, I'm Barry Muller for Texas Ag Today. State officials have confirmed a new case of chronic wasting disease. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And bottle feeding calves can be difficult. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. 
Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Bottle feeding calves can be difficult. Dr. Bob Judd has some tips to make it easier. Whether the calf is orphaned or the mother just has no milk, bottle or tube feeding will be required to save the calf. Calves are born with almost no defense to fight off disease, so you know I have to mention colostrum. The most important tip on feeding these calves is they must get a minimum two quarts of high-quality colostrum within the first 24 hours after birth, preferably within the first four to six hours after birth. After 24 hours, the stomach membranes close and prevent absorption of the large antibodies. Colostrums still have good qualities and feeding it later can be helpful, but the antibodies will not be absorbed. If the calf will not nurse the bottle, the colostrum must be administered with a feeding tube, as getting colostrum in the calf is critical. Milk replacer products can be fed as an inexpensive liquid for baby calves. During the first three weeks of life, the calf should be fed milk replacer that contains all milk proteins and should contain 18 to 22% crude protein, 10 to 22% fat, and 0.5% crude fiber. For the first portion of their lives, all calves actually function as a monogastric animal like a human, as the other three stomach compartments are not functional at this point. However, Wendy Powell with Kansas State Extension indicates after four days, calves can be started on calf starter and fresh water, which will allow the rumen to begin development. Free choice fresh water is commonly overlooked when feeding calves and should be offered to all calves. Only offer hay after the calves are weaned from the bottle and calves can be weaned when they are eating two pounds of calf starter per day. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. State officials have confirmed a new case of chronic wasting disease here in Texas. Jessica Domel tells all about it in today's Wildlife Report. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is reminding hunters of their responsibility to take any white-tailed or mule deer that they harvest in a chronic wasting disease zone to a CWD check station within 48 hours of harvest. The reminder comes as the department confirms a new case of the fatal neurological deer disease in a high-fence release site in Kaufman County. This is the first time that CWD has been reported in the North Texas County. The white-tailed buck, which was harvested at the release site, was taken to a CWD check station to be tested for the disease because the site is in a current CWD surveillance zone. According to the department, the high-fence site in Kaufman County was identified as a trace herd to a breeding facility in Hunt County where chronic wasting disease was detected in March of last year. Deer were reportedly transferred from the Hunt County facility to the release site in Kaufman County prior to the detection of chronic wasting in 2021. State veterinarian Dr. Andy Schwartz says the incubation period of CWD can span years, which creates disease detection and management challenges as seen in this recent detection. Officials from TPWD and the Texas Animal Health Commission will continue their CWD investigation to determine the extent of the spread of the disease within the property and to mitigate the risk of spread of CWD to wild deer species. 
There are several CWD surveillance and containment zones in Texas that are designed to help officials determine the spread of CWD in wild and captive cervid populations. Those who hunt in those areas are required to bring their deer to a CWD check station within 48 hours of harvest. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It was an up and down day for most of our agricultural markets on Tuesday. We ended up closing by the higher cattle and cotton market, while the grain markets were lower. We'll check out all of Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It was a turnaround Tuesday in the cattle market after big losses on Monday. Both live and feeder cattle turned around to close higher. December live cattle up 10 cents, 152.67. February up 12, 154.80. April live cattle up 12 at 158.57. Same story on the feeder cattle market. January feeders up $1.12 at 178 even. March feeder cattle up 57, 181.17. April up 45 at 184.85. Cash fed cattle trade still quiet for the week on Tuesday. Feedlots here in the south asking 156 to 157. Boxed beef prices lower on Tuesday. Choice down $1.18 at 253.35. Select down a dollar ninety nine to twenty six fifty four. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Colt Adams, his brother and their partner, own and operate El Campo Livestock Exchange. They sell them every week on Tuesday. Colt, how was this week's sale? Man, Mr. Larry, it was really good. We had 1,685 head. That was 291 packer cows and 13 bulls. And I tell you what, the packer market, them cows are still bringing quite a bit of money. Good. Walk the pins with us, please. Yes, sir. We, uh, them, them calves under 200 pounds, steer calves bring from $1.90 to 215 Two to 300 pounds bring from $1.55 to 205 Three to 400 pounds bring from $1.69 to $2.40. Four to 500 pounds bring from $1.68 to 218 Five to 600 pound steers bring from $1.53 to $1.85. Six to 700 pound steers bring from $1.42 to $1.58. And over 700 pounds bring from $1.31 to $1.50. The heifer mates to them right there at 200 pounds bring from $1.20 to $2.10. Two to 300 pounds bring from $1.30 to $2.10. Three to 400 pound heifers bring from $1.51 to $2.35. Four to 500 pound heifers bring from $1.40 to $1.95. Five to six hundred pound heifers bring from a dollar thirty-seven to a dollar fifty-seven. Six to seven hundred pounds, dollar thirty-six to a dollar fifty-four. And them heifers over seven hundred pounds are dollar twenty-five to a dollar forty-five. I tell you what, the market's really 
good, Mr. Larry. Good. And there won't be a sale this week, I'm assuming? No, sir. I'd love to have one, but in observance of Thanksgiving, we would like to wish everybody a thank- happy Thanksgiving, and we appreciate everybody's business very much. So we're going to give thanks to all the give all the buyers a break, and uh, all the sellers, uh, we will be back uh, the following week. Uh, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Colt. Yes, sir. The easiest way to get a hold of me is on my sale at 361-920-1618, or call my brother Tyler Adams at 361-920-1620, or home wrap ratio there at 979-216-8084. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Thank you, Larry. Back over to the futures trade now. Lean hogs finish mixed in Tuesday's trade. December hogs up 47 cents, 81.07. February hogs down 60 cents, 84.15. Same thing on the Class 3 milk market. November nearby contract up a penny, 21.04, 100 weight, while December milk was down 28 cents at 19.89, 100. The cotton market managed to close strongly higher in Tuesday's trade. However, there's still a lot of nervousness in the cotton market over the ongoing civil unrest in China. The March contract up 166 points to close at 80.61. May cotton up 164 at 80.03. December new crop cotton up 177 points at 76.55. The corn market has been trading in a narrow range for the last couple of weeks. Not a whole lot of movement going on out there. The export picture has not looked good for corn here lately, and that's keeping a lid on prices. News out that Brazil and Ukraine are both undercutting U.S. corn on the world market. December corn down three cents, six sixty-five and three quarters. March corn down one and three quarters, six sixty-nine and a half. New crop September corn up three quarters. 622 and a quarter. The wheat market finished lower on the hard wheat, slightly higher on soft wheat. December Kansas City wheat down three and three quarters, 901 a bushel. December Chicago wheat up a penny, 757 and three quarters. In the energy markets, January natural gas was up seven cents, 727. January crude oil up a dollar 32, 7856. The financial markets were lower on Tuesday afternoon. The Dow down 47 points, 33,801. The Nasdaq down 78 at 10,970. The S&P down 11 points, 3,952. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.